turn the microphone on, John. There you go. To honor you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, with all my heart, listen to those words. I worship you. Listen to those words. All I have within me. I give you praise. Mm. All that I adore. Is in you. I'm telling you this song is. To minister to your heart if you're singing. Lord I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake. Oh Lord have your way in me. Lord God, this is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, oh Lord, yes I do, all I have within me. I give you praise, all that I adore is in you, oh Lord, Lord I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way, have your way, Lord, in me. Have your way, Lord, have your way. Oh, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way, oh God. Have your way in me, Lord. Oh, this is my desire for you to have your way. Have your way. Oh, Lord. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, to honor you, Lord. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you, I worship you. This is my desire to honor you, Lord. Honor you, Lord. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. I worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you this morning, Father, from the rising of the sun to the going down the very same. 
Your name ought to be praised and we glorify you, God. We can't live this life without you, Father. We can't live this life without you, Lord God. We can't do it without you. We choose to do it with you, Father God, because you have chosen us for such a time as this. You brought us to this place, oh God, for such a time as this. Bless us this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Amen. You know, this is a, we desire God's praise and we desire to worship him. It's just a symbol that we have surrendered to him. It's a symbol of our sur surrender to him. We say, God, I, I worship you in spirit and in truth. Because he's looking for such to worship him. Now, I, I want to make a difference between, the, between singing and worshiping. You see, he's not looking for you to be a singer. He's looking for you to be a worshiper. Every one of us that names the name of Jesus can worship him. Because he's worth it, isn't he? He's the one that's worth everything that's due that we have in our lives. He's worth all of that. So we honor him with our worship. We honor him with our worship. And I hear some people say, well, I, I've got to put on music to worship. No, you don't. You don't have to put on music to worship God. All you have to do is just sit right where you are, we're sitting and, and, and begin to think about his goodness for a minute. Begin to think about how well he's treated you so far. Begin to think about where he's brought you from. Begin to think about all the things that have, have, have transpired in your life that you didn't think you were going to get out of. Think about all the things that you thought that were going to be your, your last day, your, your last opportunity to experience life the way it is. And all of a sudden, God begins to show up. See, that's praising him. But when we go beyond praise, we get into a place where we just say, Lord, you're worthy. <laughs> Lord, I honor you because you are so good and you're great and you're greatly to be praised. But Lord, I honor you because you're my God and I worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I worship you. See, when we worship God and let him know, let him, let him know that we are letting him know how worthy he really, really is. It's not a matter of, well, the people next to me are not worshiping. The people around me are not worshiping. I'm not sure what everybody else is doing, but hear this. I will worship him. Say that to yourself. Say, I will worship him. See, I worship the Lord in spirit and in truth because he's made me to worship. He's made us to worship. He's made us that way to worship him. Go ahead and go to Acts chapter 2, verse number 42 this morning. We're going to be a short time, hopefully a short time, uh, because we have a, a special event after church today. We'll be heading over to Golden Corral. Those of you that have signed up, we have tickets for you before you leave, so don't leave before you get your ticket because you can't eat unless you get your ticket. All right, okay. I've got a ticket for you. If I, if I don't have you on the list, well, you, maybe you need to buy a ticket. You can buy a ticket. I'll get, give, get, I'll get you one. It's only $8. Okay, good deal. Acts 2.42. After the day of Pentecost, you saw some great things begin to happen, and Holy Ghost shows up and folks getting saved and things happening in lives. And we, uh, we find this passage in Acts 8 uh, to 242. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. We're going to take a few moments and just talk about this passage of scripture so we can kind of dig a little bit more deeply into what it's talking about. I look at a couple things here. The word steadfastly, it means, 
It means a, 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 in a resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering manner, uh, steadfastly. We want to see something happen. If you're a steadfast person, somebody that doesn't give up, they just continue to stay after it. They don't quit on a matter. So steadfastly is that. And then we're going to look at the word fellowship because the key things that are about fellowship. Fellowship today, the name of the services, uh, message is Fellowship the Kingdom Way. And we are talking about steadfastly. And then fellowship. Fellowship, believers coming together in love, faith, and encouragement. Now, looking back at verse number 42. Uh, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. I notice in my Bible it says apostles' doctrine and fellowship. When you put the word and there, it brings them two words, two sentences, two, two thoughts together, right? Two thoughts together. So you've got and, apostles' doctrine and fellowship, not just the apostles' doctrine. Because how many of you know that you can, I don't know if you've been in a situation before, where somebody beats you up with the word? I mean, literally, literally just beats you up with the word. If you've never had that happen, live long enough, you will. And that means that you've got the word, but there's no love, nothing good that came along with it at all. Nothing that was encouraging about it. And if we look at the word fellowship again for a moment, we have to understand uh, what it means again. It's the believers coming together in love, faith, and encouragement. So the apostles' doctrine is this. What did the, what did, where did the apostles get their doctrine from? They got it from Jesus. What was the gospel that Jesus preached? The gospel of the kingdom. He talked about the gospel of the kingdom. He wanted them to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, of the kingdom of God. So the apostles' doctrine wasn't their doctrine. If you notice the apostles' doctrine wasn't their doctrine. It, it was a doctrine of the, of the kingdom of God. And so they continued steadfastly in that doctrine. They didn't continue steadfastly in what, what the apostles made up. You know, we can have a, a church, we can even have our own congregation here, and we can try to continue steadfastly in something that I make up. That's not going to do it. That's not the doctrine he's talking about. He's not saying to continue steadfastly in what you hear from some preacher, not to continue steadfastly in what you hear from somebody else, not continue to steadfastly in what you make up in your own mind, but continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine being that which Jesus preached. What is good news? Anything that happens good in your life is good news. Not everything that's good is good. <laughs> you, you'll get that on the way home. Not everything that's good is good. <laughs> My dad used to tell me, he said, well, you know, you can get a car. You can get a car if you want to. But if you can't afford the payment, that's not a blessing. That's not a, that's not a blessing. Because he would, he, he would give me instruction about things like in, about car, with car comes a car insurance, with car comes uh, maintenance on the car, with car comes new tires, with cars. He, he gave me all the stuff. I said, I don't even want no car now, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but you think about all the things that come along with being responsible, and the gospel is something that brings good news, and Jesus gets the, the good news to us in a responsible manner. He's not giving this to us the good news in a way that's going to be willy-nilly for us to say, well, you know what? Everything that Jesus did in my life is wonderful. I can live, I can live, I can live forever with Jesus. It's great. And you can. But you've got to live responsibly with him, don't you? Responsibly with Jesus. So the apostles' doctrine. And then it says, and fellowship. Now, I looked at the fact that those two things are together. Apostles' doctrine, the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom, and fellowship. The love and the faith and the encouragement. 
Love and faith and encouragement coming along with the kingdom message. Love, faith, and encouragement coming along with the kingdom message. This ne- Listen, fellowship is just not eating. <laughs> we're going to talk about breaking the bread in just a minute, but we're talking about fellowship. The, the encourage, love, faith, and encouragement. Love, faith, and encouragement is part of what we, why we fellowship. Churches today, churches today probably don't fellowship nearly as much as a church of that time that the Bible was written in, or that these words are written right here. Because what we have today, we have a Sunday morning crowd called a fellowship of believers for an hour and a half, two hours. But fellowship, the love, faith, and encouragement should be more like, more like family. More like family. You spend a lot of time with your family in, in love, faith, and encouragement. You see, spend a lot of time with your family. But see, even today, where we have now had situations where people have come to even the country of the United States of America, and they find a place to be called home. They fellowship one with another for a while, and then they begin to splinter off, go to different states, go to different schools, go to different places all around the world. And some of us have friends and family all over the place, don't we? Don't you long to be with them again? Don't you long to be with those people that you love again? And what's happened is that some, what's, what's happened is that m- many of us have gotten saved and left the ones that, we, that have, didn't get saved, left the ones that didn't come to know Jesus, Lord and Savior, left the ones that we, we desire to go, go do something different and all of a sudden things are different for us. Well, I want to tell you something. The church can be the place where fellowship, love, faith, and encouragement be a consistent thing. We become friends in the faith, brothers and sisters in the faith, and then bring the doctrine of the apostles into that, and we begin to have an identification of the gospel of the kingdom functioning in our lives on an everyday basis, holding each other accountable in this love, faith, and encouragement with the doctrine of the, of the apostles. That's how we begin to do that. Now, if we choose to, as a church, as a church body around, around this community, the church down the street, they would be in a position where they would have the apostles' doctrine. See, the apostles' doctrine is just not for us. Church down the street, too, but also fellowships for, for them as well, too, right? So it would, imagine with me right now, if the church down the street and the one across the street, and we got together under the apostles' doctrine. Understand, it's the good news of the kingdom, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we decided to come together in love and faith and encouragement and brought the doctrine of the kingdom together. We would have an opportunity to do some great things in this community to see change happen. But why hasn't that happened? Because we've got the wrong gospel. Come on now. If we had the right gospel, we'd be doing the right things. I'm going to go back up here, talk to myself. That's okay. The Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. The Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. I, I, I want to drive this home, guys. I want to drive this home. The Apostles' Doctrine wasn't something they made up themselves. The Apostles' Doctrine is the doctrine they got from, the, from Jesus who preached the kingdom of God. The message of the kingdom, the message of his father. He only spoke of that which he heard his father say to him, right? So he spoke that message. They, they did the very same thing. He taught them. He said, go into all the world and preach what? The gospel. The gospel of what? The gospel of the kingdom. So Jesus gave them commands on what to do. And that command goes over to us as well. And they, they continue steadfastly in that. Now, and fellowship. Now, watch this. These folks, some of them had just gotten, gotten, a, gotten revelation about who this life of Jesus is, who this life of Jesus is all about. They got revelation that 
wow, I'm not the same as I used to be. They've gotten revelation that my life's not the same as it has been. So now I'm going to continue steadfastly in something different than I was continuing steadfastly in what I was continuing in before. Because you realize this, that every person that names the name of Jesus was working on something already. They were continuing in something already. They're, they were living and walking in something already. They had a life that they were already engaged in. And all of a sudden now they've got a new doctrine. The doctrine of the, of the apostles, right? The doctrine of the kingdom. A new way of living. Then also they've got a new way of living in reference to fellowship because they were fellowshipping already too. I, I don't know if I said this to you last time or not, but the, the, uh, a fellow that uh, got saved that was a gang, gang member, he says, you know, I come to church, this is wonderful, this is great, but, but you guys only fellowship, you guys only fellowship, you only get together, you, mean, you only love each other one day a week. Because <laughs> he says, my gang, where I came from, my homies, we got together every day. They had my back every day. They're with me every day. There wasn't a time we didn't go someplace together every day. We were engaged with each other on an ongoing basis. We had our own doctrine that was wrong, but we had fellowship that went along with it, but we stayed together to stay accountable to the doctrine that we had. Somehow, when the people come to know Jesus, we have a lone ranger mentality that says, I'm going to live this life by myself for the rest of my life. No accountability. We just want to live it all on our own kind of, well, I can just read the Bible on my own and bless God. God can give me revelation. The Holy Ghost can speak to me. I need no man to teach me. We take the scripture and take it out of context. And then we don't understand that sometimes we need to have somebody else with us as well. He could have said this. Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. No fellowship needed. He didn't say that. He says continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. I, I tend to believe this, that those two things go together. One is not, listen, one is not by itself. Continue steadfastly in fellowship. Doesn't work because you have no doctrine. Because we can fellowship all day long and kind of get together and just kind of, you know, just shoot the breeze all day long. Don't, don't see anybody get saved. Don't see anybody get healed. Don't see our lives even change at all. We're just having a great time in fellowship. No word, no doctrine, no nothing. Nothing that's going to really help us and assist us to live this life that we need to live. Because how many of you know that the life that we live is not easy? You can go ahead and admit it. It's not easy. And listen, we live and we get the word of God. We go, oh, yes, we've got the word of God. Bless God. I thank you, God. See, in fellowship, what I discover, I, I discover in fellowship that somebody else has a word too. And they also sometimes have a word for me. When they have a word for me, I wouldn't have gotten that word if I had not been in. Come on, you're getting it, you're getting it, you're getting it, you're getting it, you're getting it. You see, fellowship and the doctrine go hand in hand. Fellowship and the doctrine go hand in hand. And then it says, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, I do not want to believe that it's just eating and praying for the food when he talks about prayers. I don't want to believe that. Because it wasn't just that. It wasn't just, let's get together and pray for our food. Father, thank you for the food. Bless it to nourish our body in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go ahead and break some bread here and spend a whole lot of time breaking bread. I have probably broken too much bread 
in my life. Don't, no, no, don't be laughing at me. Don't be laughing. Don't be laughing. But we've, we have probably broken too much bread in our lives and not done enough praying. He says, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Just like fellowship and the doctrine go, fellowship and the doctrine go hand in hand, the breaking of bread and prayers go hand in hand. Why wouldn't we, well, why wouldn't we, this is, this is good, why wouldn't we, after we've gotten the word of God and after we've had a chance to fellowship one with another, now break bread like we're, doing, we're going to do today, now break bread and pray. Because, you see, there's something that happens, a dynamic that happens when you get around food. I'm telling you, today we're going to have an opportunity to be out and, and do some fellowship some breaking of bread. We're getting the doctrine right now. We're getting a hold of that. Uh, we're going to get some fellowship a little bit here today and over at the place that we're going to go to at a Golden Corral. And then we're going to have a chance to break, break some bread and to pray. Now watch this part. I'm hoping that we will not just go there and pray for our meal and not pray for the surroundings around us. Not pray for the people that, that cook the food. Not pray for the folks that are walking down the aisles. Not being uh, cognizant of the folks that are sitting in wheelchairs or, and sitting by themselves. Not being cognizant of the folks that are sitting around by themselves that don't have nobody that they're eating with. Um, I hope that we would walk over and say, how you doing? Good to see you today. Bless you. Our church is here today. Bless God. We just want to just come by and say hello to you and say hi and just let them know that something's good is about to happen in their life. Can I pray for you? See, the breaking of bread and prayers. Often you, you find somebody eating food. Now, don't interrupt them while they're eating. Because they might get mad. You, you know how you, no, no, I'm saying, no, I was gonna say I was gonna say you know how you are, but that's not that's not that's not you. That's not you. That's not you. I was gonna say that, but I didn't say I didn't say it. I was gonna say I didn't say it. But don't don't interrupt them while they're while they're eating. But but when you get an opportunity to pray, pray. See the breaking of bread and fellowship. Breaking the bread, not talking about just bread alone, but food in general and having a wonderful time. What happens when you get around folks at a barbecue? What happens when folks get together at a, at a wedding, at a reception? What happens when people get together for a family picnic or a class reunion and they have the food there? And, and food is a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing to be involved with in our lives. I tell you, you get a, we had an international time at our church one time here, and uh, we had folks that had brought various dishes from various places and uh, the different, uh, you know, Italian food. And, and we had, uh, what would you mean? From some from Soul Food Jungle or somewhere. What would you mean? What would you mean? What you mean? Jambalaya, jambalaya, and it has some food from uh, from uh, what you mean? From Holland. Some from Holland. I don't know. But we have people that made different kind, different kinds. I made nothing because I, I don't cook. I don't cook. My son made. My son Cedric made some some greens. He made some. He made a pot of greens. He had had his grandmother's recipe and his other grandmother's recipe and a little bit of his own. And had some greens, and the greens was good. He had made, never made them again. They were really good, though. Really good. I can get off that. Let me get off that. Okay. But, but the, the, thought, the thought is this: the breaking of bread, the breaking of bread, brings people to a whole new place of comfort. You ever heard of comfort food? You ever heard of comfort food? You see, when people get around and have comfort food, that means that they're relaxed. They'll talk to you. They'll talk to you about stuff they normally wouldn't talk to you about. And what we discover when people talk is what their needs are. And we find out what their needs are, we have a chance to now say, hmm, I've identified something I can pray with them about, pray for them as well. And when we do that, we have a chance to minister life to them. So we've got the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Then we've got the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, the key here, the main key, I haven't talked about it yet, 
is continued steadfastly. Continued steadfastly. I mean, they're going after it in such a way that they're not stopping. They're going after it in such a way that they say, you know, this is going to get done. You know that steadfast person in your life that uh, seems to, you think, you think they should just go ahead and quit or give up or just not, just kind of just throw in the towel right now because, you know, they, they've given their best. They've done it. They deserve a break. Come on, bless. Give, give them a break. But continue steadfastly, says, I'm going to go all the way. All the way. You get a job, man, you'll get a job. And the person's not satisfied with the job that you've done. You've put all your heart into doing this thing. You've created this piece, this masterpiece. You said, honey, look at this. It's beautiful. It's great. Oh, it's gorgeous. They don't like it. But you continue steadfast. You know what? I'll forget that. Tell me what you want. And you, boom, bam. That's not quite it. What, 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 what little detail do you need? Put the, Manuel's an artist. He does all this kind of stuff. And he, Bam, that's it. Do you feel good about that because you've done it? No, didn't feel good initially. And they said no. Probably like, huh, hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to Jesus. I don't particularly care for this people telling me no. Because see, most of the time he has a job to do, he does it right the very first time. And people just say, I wasn't expecting that. That's even better than I thought. That's what they normally say. And then somebody comes along and says, that's not what I had in mind. He, he wants to say, Probably, this is what I would seem I'd say, what you talking about? That's what I'd say. I'm not him, but he probably thinking that, but that's, that's right. <laughs> but, so, so the thing is that but he, to stay steadfast after matter is to stay after it until satisfaction comes. To stay after it until satisfaction comes. To stay after it until you see, see the desired result. To stay after it until God says you're released. To stay after it until you can't, you just can't go anymore to stay after it to be steadfast immovable always abounding in the faith to be steadfast to press through when it seems like nobody else is even caring with you anymore to be steadfast walking by faith and not by sight because you don't see nothing anyway to be steadfast and know that God is with you every step you're taking. You know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. If I, if I keep on going, I know that God's with me. If I keep on going, I know that he'll guide my next step. If I keep on going, I'll let, I know he'll let me see the promised land. And if he doesn't, I know I'll still love him. I know I'll still care for him. I know I'll, he'll still care for me. If I, if I keep on going. Sometimes the steadfastness, watch this, the steadfastness that we have exercised in one area, the fruit may not come there. The manifestation may not show up there. But that steadfast work ethic will never leave you. And when you go anywhere and do anything else for the Lord, you better believe that that steadfast nature is on the inside of you. That steadfast nature will still be with you to walk it out, 
to see it come to pass, to see something different come to pass. I've seen folks that have got, got, off, a, got off of one track in life and all of a sudden got on another track and all of a sudden just took off. What in the world happened? I mean, if I'd have known this, I'd have got off that track a long time ago. <laughs> I think some of you know Tim's story. Uh, Tim's story, if I say the story correctly, hopefully I will. But Tim's story pastor for like 18, 19 years. 18, 19 years as a pastor. But he knew he was called to be an evangelist. He'd been, he's called like the Brown Oral Roberts, okay? That's what they, they call him. Because Tim's story goes in places, and he, he's a black guy, by the way, okay? And he lays hands on folks, and folks are laying down all, all over the floor and knocking them out. He's giving them words and knowledge and the whole deal. And, and he's just very accurate. Very accurate. Very prophetic. Very, very accurate. But Tim's story pastored for a long time, 18, I think it was 18 years or so. And finally he realized that <laughs> this is not my deal. Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Hagin, how long, how long did Kenneth Hagin pastor? Long time, right? And all of a sudden he got out of the pastor. I'm not talking about his son, I'm talking about his father, the father, the father pastor for a long time. And all of a sudden he got out of the, out of the pastoral ministry and got into the evangelistic ministry or teaching ministry. And what happened to that now? He's got a teaching ministry that goes worldwide. He's not even here anymore and continues to be going worldwide. There's unique niches for every one of us, unique niches in our lives that we get a chance to discover. But see this. Unless we're steadfast, steadfast at something, because it doesn't happen because you're kind of, I'll be weak over here, and I'll be weak over here, and I'll be weak over here, and I'll succeed. No, you won't. You'll be steadfast at something. Be steadfast at something, and you watch God show up. He will show up. God is, God's not a man he should lie, nor the son of man he should repent. He does not change his mind about our calling. He does not change his mind about the way we live. He desires that we would get to hold of the doctrine and fellowship steadfastly. Stay with that. Stay with that. Stay with that. The breaking of bread and prayer, stay with that. Stay with that. That's a groundwork right there, guys. That's a groundwork for wherever you happen to be in life. You know, my, part of my ministry is, is, is helping people, helping people establish themselves in ministry and get themselves launched out into what they're going to be doing in life. But the idea is that some of them come to me and talk to me about, well, I've got a guy who so he started passing the church out in a, uh, another city. I won't say his name because he might hear the tape at some point, but he may know who he's talk, who I'm talking about anyway. But here's the deal. He started passing the church, and a month later he says, you know what? I think God's called me somewhere else. <laughs> a month later. A month later. Don't, don't, don't talk to me after you, unless, unless you've done five years, six years, ten, six, ten years. Put some time in. Give it an effort. Give it, an, give it some time because it doesn't just unravel. How I many of you know guys just, you, you sow a seed today, it's just not coming up tomorrow. Is, it, is that right? Is that right? How I many of you gardeners out here? You got some gardeners out here. You plant your seed out there in your garden and, and you go out there watching. It's, it's not growing no faster. It's just sitting there kind of like, hmm, just keep on watering. Some of you are killing, killing the darn plants by killing the seed by watering too much. Need to water it and walk away. Water it, walk away. Water it, walk away. Water it, walk away. Watch it grow. And then when it begins to grow, you know that God was in it, in the seed. God's in the seed. God's in the seed. I'll tell you, it's going to be short today. Pretty much done. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to get over to the restaurant. But hear this this morning. Steadfastly, is the key to this whole passage of scripture. They continued steadfastly. Now, to be steadfast, 
you could be steadfast at sections of your life, but to continue to be steadfast is to be con steadfast continually in your life. It happens in every area. You know, there are areas that I do beyond pastoring here, right? I do beyond pastoring. I'm, I'm a steadfast husband, steadfast father, steadfast son, steadfast, you know, in business. I'm steadfast in various areas of my life. But the one area that I'm steadfast is my relationship with God. So stay steadfast there, and the rest will take care of its, itself. The longest thing I've ever done, you can ask, ask my mom at some point, you don't ask her today, but you can ask her at some point about the number of jobs I used to have before I became a pastor. Before I, before I even got saved, let's even say that. Because being saved is the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. Before that, I was like taking a job over here. I said, Mom, I got a great job. She says, okay, that's great, fantastic. Then I take another job over here. And she says, oh, God, what's my son doing? And I'm, I'm all over the place, all over the map. I'm moving to Sacramento to get a job and coming back halfway crazy. And I mean, all kind of stuff was going on in my life. And, and she's trying to figure out, what in the world is wrong with this boy? Don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> But I wasn't steadfast. So I learned how to be steadfast when I got saved. Now watch this part. I had to start to continue. <laughs> you didn't get it. You didn't get it. I had to start to continue. So you just don't continue by getting in the middle going, I'm going to jump in with everybody else and continue. No, you got to start. You got to start somewhere. So God, I surrender right now, Lord. I give myself to you today, God. Right this very moment, I want to start with you now. And now I can continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayers. I can continue that steadfastly. Or I can do it haphazardly. See, haphazardly is just doing it when you feel like it. A feel-good Christian. I feel like I'm a Christian today. I feel like I ought to go and praise God today. I feel like going to church today. I feel like. <laughs> you got me. A <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Some of the things that go to my mind, I can't say, you know, but say, because they'd be like, wow, what? He said that. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> but I'll just say, I won't put it on God. I'll put it on me. I don't care how you feel. I want you, to, I want you to make a decision to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That's what I want you to do. And I don't say God wants that for you. I believe he does. But if you feel like it or not, it didn't say. If you feel like it, continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Did, did, did it say that in the Bible? In anybody's Bible, come on, in somebody's Bible got to say that. Doesn't say that, right? So it says, continue, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They, they, they had to start the process some other time back to continue. If you're going to continue something, that means you've already been doing it. Huh? <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> if you're going to continue something, it means you already have been doing it already, so you can continue. But if you're not doing nothing, what are you going to continue? You don't even know that there is a gospel, apostles' doctrine. You don't even know that there is a, a fellowship opportunity. But when you do know it, oh, once you've tasted this wonderful gift, once you've experienced this great salvation, 
once you've experienced this life in Christ, once you experience your understanding of you being an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, once you understand you're, 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 you're being bought at a price, ah, the starting process is not so hard anymore, is it? Because I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to him. And because I belong to him, I live and walk by faith today because I belong to him. I've given my life to him. I give myself away. The song says I give myself away for real. I give myself away. And when I give myself away, now I can continue to keep this doctrine right in fellowship. Break some bread. Then have some prayers, some times of prayer. Question for you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yes. What are you going to do today? Are you going to take this serious? Are you just going to say, well, that was a nice message, Pastor. Pat me on the back and go home. Are you going to continue to do that? Or are you going to continue to do something different? I want to admonish you to continue because I know most of you here today are already saved and know Jesus is Lord and Savior, so you already started the process, so now continue. Apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Don't try to do it by yourself. Connect with somebody else. Fellowship, brothers, sisters. Fellowship together. Learn to love each other in that, in that capacity. Love, faith, and encouragement happening all in one place under the doctrine of the, of the kingdom, the good message of the kingdom of God. Let that be your, your, your desire. And then fellowship, breaking the bread and fellowship, breaking the bread and prayers, comes a whole lot easier at that point, guys. It really does. Because we can break bread all day long, but if we don't have the word of God, if we don't have the word of God, we won't know what to pray. Did you hear me? We can, we can fellowship all day long, but if we don't have the word of God, we don't know how to fellowship. We don't know how to love. Don't know what faith is. Don't know what encouragement really is. The Bible says we give edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's, prophet, that's in the prophetic realm. So in the prophetic realm, we give edification, exhortation, and comfort one to another. We're just bringing the word of God in that, that capacity, prophesying one to another. Now, I'm not talking about the like, prophecy. I'm gonna, you're going to you're gonna be at that place over that, at that time. I'm just talking about edification, exhortation, and comfort. That kind of prophetic word gets coming to somebody. I need that. We, we need that. And because we need it, God's going to give it to us. So, again, we can't do any of this stuff out of order. It's the word and fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. Let that happen that way. Let, that, let God do that with you and change your life around. Change your life around. If you get the word of God, you'll pray effectively. You get the word of God, and, and you'll, you'll break bread in the right kind of way because you won't be breaking bread with, no alter, no, with, an, with an ulterior motive other than uh, getting the gospel message out to somebody else. See, when we break bread, we pray. When we break bread, we should also think about, hmm, how, how good God is, how great he's been in our lives, and praying one for another. Let's pray this morning. Father, we're grateful this morning for another wonderful day you've given us, another opportunity to show that you are God and above you there's nobody else. God, as you'd have your way in our midst, show yourself to be big on behalf of the saints of God today. And guys, we would even go to fellowship and break bread. Let us pray. We've heard the doctrine. We've heard the gospel, the gospel message today. We've got a chance to get that. 
So fellowshipping the, the kingdom way is going to be an opportunity for us to be able to hear the word of God, respond to it by fellowshipping one with another, and respond to it by going, to, going ahead and breaking bed, bread together, Father, and then begin to pray one for another, even in other people's you know, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, thank you for all those that are here today. Uh, Lord, that you would bless their bodies and heal them today in Jesus' name. If this morning you've come and you need healing in your body, you need healing in your body. We don't want to leave you out and uh, you not have an opportunity to receive those prayers that we're talking about. We want to have you get that prayer right now. So if you have a, a need for healing in your body, just lift your hand real high. You got, you got folks all around you that can, they can pray with you and pray for you. Just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up high. 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 I'm going to ask you to see this. is. I'm going to explain something to you, by the way. I don't always have to be the one laying hands on you. My hands are no different than anybody else's hands around you. My job is to equip the saints for the what? The ministry. Ministry taking place in this place happens to be as a result of people that are going to see hands lifted up and respond accordingly. If you practice here, you can do it out there. So we want to have those that have your hands lifted high. Lift your hand real high. This morning, you need prayer. This morning, we want somebody else to come and pray for you today. So, want you that that are sitting around, look, look around, lay your hands on the back, their back or their shoulder, and begin to pray for them. I'm going to pray for you too, but go ahead and pray for those folks that have their hands lifted up right now. Father, I thank you for those that have their hands lifted up right now, Lord, that you'd minister wholeness to them, you minister wholeness to them, and you bring healing to their bodies. God, I pray now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Excuse me. Where's your hand? In Jesus' name, that you bring healing to bodies today, Father. That you resurrect newness of life. Take situations and turn them around. Let them know that the healing power of God is present right now in this place. To get them to a new place in you for being able to walk in newness of life in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.